Welcome to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. I'm Joe, joined by Mel, and today we'll be chatting for 10 minutes on some back-to-school items. Welcome back to the Strong Family Project Podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. All right, here we go. So our kids are starting school just about now, and I'm sure all over the country and over the world, really, people are going back to school now. This was think I was thinking about this morning and yesterday as we went to school for back to school meet and greet. And talk about this being an emotional time of year. And a big theme in our family is, yes, you have emotions and feelings and reactions to things, but what are you going to do about it? What are the action steps you can take to get past the feelings and be successful? So as a background, a little foundation for this, like a little emotions one-on-one, with young kids, it's really important to define what feelings are. So if your kid is crying and they're three years old or even sooner, you say, when you're crying, what are you sad about? So they start to connect a word to define the emotion. That's really important. Or if they're clenching their fists and they're turning red, wow, it looks like you're getting angry. So it's important to have that kind of vocabulary for children as they're learning what those emotions mean, because they're not born just knowing that. And and even with our five-year-old, sometimes he'll say he's scared. And then when I delve a little deeper, it's really that he's nervous or anxious about something. And we've talked before a little bit about how making finer distinctions is very important. It makes you more wise, more intelligent. And it's important to continue to define those things in more clear ways. Even as adults, I think sometimes we need to make sure that we understand our emotions, that we're not confusing them. So that's the foundation here is just having a knowledge base of the language of emotions so that you can identify them. When, like when you go to school and your kid comes home and they say, oh, I'm angry about X, Y, and Z, maybe it's that they're frustrated about some specific thing that you can then turn into an opportunity to help them solve that thing when it's just a overstated emotion or a even a misidentified emotion perhaps is a better way to say it then you'll have a tough time trying to solve that issue because you're trying to put a Band-Aid on the emotion and then not help them towards where they need to go. And as part of being intentional parents, a lot of times these conversations with feelings just happen naturally, but sometimes they don't. So we have to make sure that we're really putting the words out there. Or like I mentioned with Everett, I notice that it's not really fear he's dealing with, so I try to define that. But that's really an intentional thing. So I have three takeaways as we're entering this switch from summertime to back to school and this has evolved over time but we try number one to not make it that big of a deal i think oftentimes with kids school defines their experience young as a young person for so long and i think that does a disservice in a way there's much more to life than school i choose to not see summer as a break from school but summer really is time to spend with family, time to develop skills that maybe school doesn't develop. That's part of, if you listen to our podcast about how we handle our summertime, I ask the kids, what do you want to do this summer? What do you want to learn? Who do you want to spend time with? So we're really being intentional with what summer can become and not just see it as a break from school. I think it's important for kids to understand that school is just a piece of your life. It's not everything. And I'm sure that people have different opinions on that, but that's just something that we've developed over time and it helps the kids see themselves as people outside of just the school system. It's a great opportunity to teach your kids to control the controllables. 
So if you make a huge deal that the end of summer is going to happen and you mourn it like the loss of a loved one, they're going to start to value that more than they value the school experience and what they can have in the opportunity in the next season. And it's a great opportunity to teach them what's actually in their control. Since recorded history, six, 7,000 years of the documents we have, it goes summer, then it goes fall. <laughs> Every time. That's the facts. And if you want to fight against that, you're teaching them to fight against things they have no control about. So instead, you have to smooth over the process and then seek the opportunities that will exist in the next season. Or even like we didn't even do a countdown. It's not okay a week till school and somehow it makes you almost dread it. So yesterday our oldest had the first day, the other two start on Monday. Basically, okay, this is when you have to get up in the morning. I'll drive you to school and see you later. And I'm not saying it's bad to take pictures of the first day. That is exciting stuff. But I just think sometimes it's almost overstated and the anxiety becomes a bigger deal if you make a bigger deal about it. So that was my first takeaway. Try to not make it too big of a deal. Number two, out of difficulty or anxiety or disappointment can come amazing opportunity. So I'm going to uh, paint this picture with an example of our middle son. So he has a unique situation where last year he was in fifth grade, lots of pets in the classroom. He had a very strong connection with this turtle named Shelbert, awesome name. And we ended up actually taking care of Shelbert all summer. We had to take her back a couple days ago. And Turns out that the fifth grade teacher moved up to sixth grade, and in this particular school, sixth grade is the first time that you're split into two classes, so now some of his buddies aren't going to be in his class. Turns out the turtle's going to be in the other classroom, and there's new kids in the class as well from other districts or other schools, because there's school choice here. And all of these things are creating this cloud of disappointment and anxiety for him. And yes, we need to acknowledge that he's feeling that, but we want to see it as an opportunity. So a very specific example, the teacher in the other class where the turtle is going to be has been told by my son's teacher that Henry's the go-to person to take care of Shelbert. He knows exactly what to do. He could teach your class what to do. And Henry's situation now is he needs to be able to get through his disappointment, get through his anxiety about not having this turtle in his room, and see it as an opportunity to teach others. He is a person of value in this situation. The teacher, they trusted us with the turtle all summer. She trusted him enough to tell the other teacher, hey, here's a kid who can be in charge of this and help. And the one thing holding Henry back is his emotional reaction. So he's the kind of kid that usually you have to give it a couple of days to process, and I think he will come through. But I found it my responsibility as his mom to say, this is an opportunity for you. You get to decide how this will play out. You can be grumpy about it and then lose the opportunity, or you can take it head on. Instead of saying something like, you have to do this, or you're being unfair, or something like that, I want him to see it as a choice, and I want him to see that this is a difficult situation. I'm acknowledging that, but you have a really unique opportunity here. So that's my, my second takeaway, is sometimes whatever your situation might be with your child, even if it's simply that they're nervous about starting school, maybe you can rephrase with the word opportunity or something exciting can come from difficulty. And then they start seeing difficulty and anxiety not as so terrible, but hey, something good could come from this. So I think that mindset is really powerful. And my last takeaway is focusing on some personal responsibility. So I know my personality, I like to control 
a lot of, I like to control situations. So for example, if the kids have homework, I'm the one who's always reminding them and I want to make sure that they get it done and I get nervous if they don't, but I need to relinquish some control to them, especially as they get older. We have an eighth grader this year and help come up with a system that'll help him learn some personal responsibility, whether it be around homework or whether it be around reading, reading at home after school. And it's his first year doing a a fall sport. So he yesterday had his full day of school and then two hours of football. And he still remembered to bring home his like his gear for me to wash, which was like, I'm like, wow, you really showed some responsibility. I mentioned that a couple of days ago. Doesn't that stuff get gross? <laughs> I even asked Joe, I'm like, you played football. How often do these things get washed? And because I planted that seed, I was impressed that he took the initiative to do that on his own and bring it home to me. So I think there could be one of our family core values is personal responsibility. So maybe you could take one of your family's core values if you have them created and see how you can weave it into the school year. So as the school year goes on, we're, we're just starting here. I'm going to be looking for ways to help my kids. So it could be something as simple as my five-year-old, Everett, why don't you go choose a snack to put in your lunchbox? So he has some responsibility for what he's going to be eating during the day at school. So you can include this what regardless of the age. So those are my three ideas as we switch from summer to the school year. Well articulated, a lot of positivity in there. Time for Grumpy Joe to throw in his two. <laughs> okay. Those are excellent, Mel. And that is the place to start. The first one, and mine will be much faster, is a tough truth around these three ideas. If you start using the phraseology, hey, this is an opportunity for you to learn, and your kid has a negative reaction, and then you stop doing it, you just didn't do it long enough. Like, how about you give that a try again? And so it can be frustrating on the parent side. We're talking a lot about the kids' kids emotions here. But the parents go through a lot, too, as they're trying to either almost mourn the loss of childhood as the kid's getting older and they have to realize the kid's getting older and the school year does that to us. Or it's just frustrating trying to do everything together. Like, it could be a lot of different things on the parent side, too. But take a breath. And if it didn't work the first time, but it is worth it, just try it again and then try it again and then try it again until that constant gentle pressure helps them understand that word they probably won't take on the first time. And that has to do with a lot of parenting. If you come up with a great system like a family meeting and all these things we teach on the strong family path, which we, we give you at strongfamilyproject.com and it doesn't take the first time, it probably needs a little bit more implementation, a little bit more consistency so the kids know this is how it's gonna be and that a little bit of pushback isn't gonna have you crumble on it. The second thing is a little bit of inner reflection. This is a, a tough time for me as well because it is so emotional and that is not an environment that I like to thrive in because I like to, and Mel's pointed this out and I've worked on it, like just try to solve things. Like, I don't want to deal and sit in emotions a lot. And so I need to bite my tongue and I need to work on myself and be more patient. And hopefully that helps some parents out to, to hear that like when they come home, they are all frustrated. My reaction would be just to solve it for them and tell them the answer. But that's not really that helpful. Instead of, okay, we'll be back tomorrow and we'll give it another try. And just, you know, time heals all wounds. Sometimes I got to kick the can down the street a little bit because I want to solve their problem. They don't want me to solve their problem. So it's just, all right, we'll give it another try tomorrow. And so on a parent side, there's a little bit of a technique for you if you are getting frustrated and tired and burnt out like I am from all the emotional stuff. Oh, this person said this person brings this lunch bag. This happened. This kid brings this bag to soccer. 
I don't have a large capacity for all that. And so instead of acting out negatively myself, we just take a breath and like, all right, let's give it a try tomorrow. Let's try to find something positive about it. That is very useful. I oftentimes will like during our evening debrief, just to bring another piece of the path into this, it's a lot of times when the kids will bring up their frustrations from the day. And I think there's this really interesting balance between how long do you let them almost vent and complain before you switch to the solution. And sometimes I simply will say, are you looking for me to help you solve this? Or do you just need to vent right now? And I think even seeing that as a choice, even in like adult relationships, like sometimes the, I'll want to talk to you about something and then you'll want to solve it. And I'm like, no, right now I just want to complain for a minute. But then oftentimes if you let the complaining go too long, I think you feel when that balance has tipped in the wrong direction. Yes, I, I, that's a good point. If, to give an example, we were sitting on the front porch this morning having our morning coffee. We were talking about the some financial decisions we're making as a family and like the, the future of some of the opportunities that we have as a husband and wife and, and, and just thinking about the future. And somehow Mel circled it right around. To, and all of a sudden we're talking about turtles in school again. Like, how did we get back on this topic again and again? But it is the time of year, just like I said, with the season stuff. And I need to live by that rule as well. Okay. I certainly hope that everybody out there listening has a a positive switch from summer to fall, from summer to school, or however you want to put it, and that you try one of these things and see if it improves that. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strong Family Project podcast. Visit us at strongfamilyproject.com where we give you the seven elements of the path and how we implement it with our family and how you can make it unique for your personal situation. It's all free at strongfamilyproject.com. Talk to you on the next episode where we're chatting on family fitness.